Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel in stock now. Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Right down the east coast of Australia and across the SEN network. Welcome to the Summer Run Home on SEN. Yeah, it's the second hour of the Summer Run Home thanks to Hyundai and Blunston. Uh, you're with Barney and Philpy all this week. Uh, now, we promise we're going to chat some NRL news um, after uh, after this next little bit. But before, if you missed the first hour, and what a cracking first hour it was, Philpy. Uh, people, where can they find uh, catch up on the first hour? Would that be the podcast, mate? It is there. To get on the podcast, you can do, find that at all good podcast places, even some of the bad ones. Um, really? Yeah, which I don't know where they are, but you can get, get amongst them all. Apple, Spotify, uh, you, know, you know where they are. Yes. Um, yeah, check out the Run Home with Joel and Fletch podcast. Um, now, one of the things that is on that podcast feed that we did earlier in the week is uh, a very good prank of one of the producers here. Yes, uh, uh, Coach K, who uh, does um, a show usually with Jimmy Smith um, and then is on air with Julian King at the moment. He got a bit angry on his socials about no avocados being down at the local goals. Mm. Um, you know, and he cap, caps locked it as well. So, you know, when people go on a rant like that, you figure, let's prank call them. So, yeah, we gave him a bit of a prank. But this time and coming up a little bit later on the show, you're going to love this, a prominent member of the SEN on-air team um, who's on a lot of shows here, he cops it. Yeah. He, yeah. We'll narrow it down. Yeah. Hook. <laughs> Hook, line, and sinker. Yeah, straight um, in. I, was, I wasn't sure if we'd get him, but um, he was right in, and it's, yeah. uh, it's a good one, so you're going to want to listen. That's, yeah. that's coming up later in the show, along with our chat with Nathan Chapman from Pro Kick Australia, uh, Ronald Griffiths. We're going to chat uh, Indigenous All-Stars game with him. Uh, obviously, we've got Shawnee Omerod from Sportsbed popping by in the last hour as well. But to our NRL news, now um, – Brooksy brought this to our attention, this uh, story in the uh, the Herald today, that Joseph Suwali'i has um, been granted a Samoan honour. I believe it's a title of Matai, which is um, a uh, an honorary title uh, similar to Chief uh, uh, in uh, his home uh, country of Samoa. Is that yeah, right, Brooksy? Uh, it says here that he was um, given the Matai title by the two communities of his grandparents during his trip over there in Christmas. Uh, there's a quote here saying, usually in Samoa, they call you by one of your village names, but I prefer to represent both my grandparents, people because of the honors they've given me. So I've combined the two. And every time I go back to Samoa, they greet me by my chief name. Chief so, name. That's yeah. fantastic, isn't it? As a, as a teenager. As a teenager. Being yeah. given the title chief. Yeah, Pretty early, but obviously. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know I don't what? mean in his case, yeah, but, you know, just in it does sound like it's pretty I've, early. Good I've kid. got a teenager at home. Um, yeah. He's not getting, he's not chief of anything. I'll be telling you that. <laughs> <laughs> You're champing him instead of. Oh, mate. Oh. He's yeah. lucky to get a champ. Let me tell you. Um, but yeah, that is, that, that got us thinking about, because um, this is another thing. We're seeing some of these younger blokes in the NRL um, getting on as early. Um, Justin Holbrook on Sports Day last night said that uh, Big Tino for Suomala'awi will be captain again of the Titans in the 2023. That's despite Kieran Foran, who's 
the the veteran, uh, the old bloke, um, <laughs> if you will, in the squad. Like, and this this got us thinking about that that responsibility as a young bloke being the captain. Um, have you guys ever? Because I know when I was when I was in high school, uh, when I think I'd just gone into year ten, uh, I was in the the school cricket side, and um, the uh, the guys, the eleven year eleven and twelve guys, I think the teacher who the coached coached the side thought they wouldn't really listen to him, but I would. So he made me the captain um, of the side, not accounting for the fact that I was scared of those kids. And, uh, <laughs> mate, I just let them run roughshod on the field. <laughs> you, oh, you want to bowl, do you? Yeah, you can keep. But one of the guys like, was bowling terribly, and I went to take him off after his – I think it was about his third over. I was like, mate, I went over to like oh, – that's. and he just looks at me and goes, nah, I'm having one more. And I went oh, – Oh yeah, maybe just one more. Yeah. Then, hey? like, <laughs> no authority. Mate, we were playing at Narandra, and he got hit out of the ground and into the caravan park. Oh, it yeah. was a massive six. long boundary. And he oh, made you go get it. And you had to go get it too. Hey mate, go <laughs> no. get it. You were like a relief teacher. That's yeah, what you exactly. were. Yeah, yeah. I was. Yeah. I was the substitute teacher. I, I also took over. Um, a role a bit too early. I mean, I'm not suggesting that this is happening with Joseph. Of course, he it looks. I've seen the photos. It looks like he's in, ready to go. He looks the the real deal, the chief. But I used to work at Pizza Hut in Mayfield. Uh, you know, yeah, that's one of the good ones. Yeah, ten years. <laughs> one, of the old, one of the old restaurants. How many hats did that one have? Yeah. Do you know what it was? It was one of the first places ever to do the all you can eat. Pizza. Really? Yeah, remember all you can eat? Like oh, in- do I remember? Do you remember? Gibbo, you're much younger. Well, you're not much younger than us. You, I feel like we're all about the same age, but you're probably... <laughs> oh, about 20 years younger than you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah oh, about the same much, age. Much about the same, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was an all-you-can-eat pizza still in Sydney when I was about 14, 15. Yeah, uh, yeah. So maybe a bit too young. Mate, that it- was par for the course back in the day, though, wasn't it? Mate, and like Mayfield Pizza were one of the first ones, and they didn't quite understand how it worked. So what they used to do is they used to make, like, we used to make... Preparate, like prepare about 400 pizzas and then just hope you'd sell them um, because just hope that people would come in and smash them. But then all of a sudden you'd only sell like 150, but they just keep feeding them through. So like I'd take home about 32 pizzas every night uh, and just, just stop at my mate's house and go, mate, do you want seven ham and pineapples? Or, you know, do you want this and that? But um, yeah, I was working there for a little while and one of the bosses just said, um, Philpy, I've got to whip home. I didn't ask him what for. Um, and I was like in charge for about three, three hours down the Mayfield Pizza. I would have been about uh, barely 18, just not knowing what was going on. And um, I just went in the cool room, cracked a stubby. And uh, <laughs> so, what are they going to do? Sack me? I'm the boss. <laughs> Run itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, many years later, because uh, like, that was the only time I was ever boss at the Pizza Hut. I worked there for a long time. Obviously, Stopped working there and got a job in, in the arts. And um, mm. I ended up doing a Pizza Hut commercial where I played the manager of the pizza. Oh, of so pizza. did you draw on that experience? Well, yeah. And I, I just, all I could think of was anyone who I worked with back in the days of where I actually worked at Pizza Hut saw the ad and they were like, oh, have a look at this. Look, he's still working he's still there. managing now. <laughs> <laughs> this bloke's done all right, hasn't he? Um, but oh, yeah, so. just a, the Pizza Hut kid come good. Have we, have we got Gibbo? You've got it. Let's ha, let's have a listen to the audio. Oh, no. You know, nothing beats the taste of hot pizza. That's why at Pizza Hut, we ensure that each and every pizza tastes the way great pizza should. Hot from the oven. <laughs> we want to make sure that you get your pizza at its very best. So our guarantee is, if the hotspot doesn't glow hot when you get yours. Your next pizza's free. <laughs>
Pizza Hut. Hot to you, guaranteed. <laughs> the hot spot. If That's the hot spot it, yeah. doesn't glow, Philby's going to come around your house and whisper at you. How creepy was that whisper at the end? <laughs> was that back when hyper-colour T-shirts were big? Like, yeah. you know, let's put that on a box. What year are we talking? Oh, I can't. I've tried to erase it from my memory, <laughs> to be honest. I did catch my mum once bringing up um, at home. Try, just ordering pizza from Pizza Hut on the phone, heard her saying, do I get a discount if my son's on the ad? Right? Mum! Mum, I don't think they care. Mum, they're $5.95 yeah. each. Just, relax. just say your pizza's cold and you get a free one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. Did you, so is this pre or post Dougie, the pizza boy? It was after that, yeah, because I, I started to get called the new Dougie. I only did one ad, but like everyone's like, oh, you're the new Dougie. I'm like, no, no, I'm not. I'm just I, a, I watched that. Did you have a faux hawk? Is the, well, what is that? A, faux, a little yeah. uh, mohawk. Remember, the, like, it was almost like a, it wasn't quite a mohawk because you didn't shave the sides, but you had the, a little bit of spike down the, the fudge. The top. I think fudge. I garnered up a little bit of a um, <laughs> like cow lick. I think you might call it a cow lick of some sort. But um, the, the Pizza Hut days were good. Uh, I remember we billeted back in the days to Queensland under-19s team came to town and um, oh, yeah. I, we had to billet a few of the players. And I got Andrew Dooneman. Do you remember him? Oh, yeah. Yeah. He pulled a knife on me, but um, yeah, it's a long story. Well, he didn't cut the pizza. No, but Tony Carroll, Tony Carroll ate 32 slices of pizza at the Mayfield Pizza Hut, and he went outside and vomited, right? And we are like, you're in massive trouble here. He came back in, came back in after he vomited and ate another 10. Oh! <laughs> like, how good is this bloke? And I just, because I remember, you never forget Tony Carroll's face. Yeah. And so when he made first grade, I was like, that's the bloke who vomited at Mayfield Pizza Hut. Like, wow. Surely that's, the vomit. There's a story about a PM that's similar. <laughs> 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 Surely the vomit constitutes a second a reset. Like, all you can eat. That, yep, another eight ninety five. Oh, you're looking at it in terms of a tight ass, are you? No, no, yeah. he's, so he's, he's, he's looking at the business model. Yeah. Oh no wonder God, they went out of business. Yeah. Apparently they haven't. Here, Cameron says, uh, afternoon, guys, all you can eat pizza in Windsor. Oh. New South Wales still open. Yeah. Hey, Brooksy. Can we do a summer OB? Oh, Pizza yes. Let's do it. Who can eat the most pieces? You, here's a little fact Windsor's for you. Windsor's not yeah. too far from uh, Hindy's place, too. I reckon he could give that a touch-up. Newcastle, the only place in Australia to ever have all-you-can-eat KFC. 100%. Yeah. Oh. It lasted about a week because, you know, what was happening? <laughs> like, all the Derricks from up there were they just... They ran out of chickens? No, no. They were, they were taking plastic bags and just filling... <laughs> fill, not, I'm not making this up. They'd go in. Like, so you go in, you'd have a few, and then in your little like, backpack school kids and that would go in they'd take a full plastic bag and just shove as much chicken drummies in your bag and then just leave you go oh my god how was it set up was it like Pizza Hut where there was a bit of a Bay Marie sort of in the middle yeah 100% giant giant tub of like um, (laughs) potato and gravy Uh, yeah it was unreal you know Newcastle is also one of those places that McDonald's trial food so um, at Macca's in Newcastle (laughs) you could get like um, chicken chow mint and like beef and black bean (laughs) And I guess they figure that if someone dies, oh, well, it's, it's only Newcastle. <laughs> like, oh, like 100%. Does. Like 100%. This is true. So Mac has always trial new products in Newcastle. Wow. That is. Yeah. Newcastle, uh, King Street Mackers was the like the first Mackers to have a bouncer too. It was. Yes. <laughs> and have a bouncer on a Friday and Saturday night. And just this, next time in Newcastle, you want to take a photo. That's the famous Joey skateboard. Um, is a street right behind the King, King Street Maccas where Joey's on the skateboard just after they've won. Um, Newcastle's also the home. And I know this has turned into another Newcastle festival, <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. but it's also the home of the biggest KFC in the Southern Hemisphere. 
True. This is a true story. <laughs> is that because they needed the all-you-can-eat space? Yeah, fatty boom bars everywhere. It's just, um, <laughs> and now, you know, Newcastle has the only KFC that doesn't have a – so you can't go in it. It's a drive through It's got five lanes. It's like a movie theatre. Options. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. You're listening to the Summer Run Home with thanks to the Newcastle Tourism Brewer at Bureau. <laughs> We're going to head to a quick break. Uh, we'll be taking the calls and texts after the break. So 1300 01 1170 or text 0457 736 736. Uh, the topic was supposed to be uh, what, what have you done when you were too young? But uh, Or what do you know about Newcastle? Just texting, get involved. Uh, I've got a little bit of cricket chat after the break. So uh, stick around. You're on the Summer Run Home. Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, in stock now. Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Welcome back to the Summer Run Home on SEN. Yeah, it's the Summer Run Home on SEN, all up and down the east coast of Australia. You're listening to Barney and Philpy this uh, this week. Uh, the professor's on holidays and we're having a great time. We've uh, been chatting all sorts of good stuff, but if you want to get involved, one three hundred zero one eleven seventy or text us 0457-736-736. A lot of chat on the text line um, here about um, where, where Pizza Hut's are still <laughs> dining in and, uh, and you can eat. All you can eat. So, um, can you just give me a rundown of where we can where we can do OBs from, please? Yeah, and look, I've got to apologise here because that that whole last segment was meant to be about, you know, when anyone in sport who's young leaders, yeah, young leaders, young in, leaders sport, in sport, and now it's turned into does anyone know where an all you can eat pizza hut is? Um, <laughs> and that's all my fault, and I'm desperately solid, sorry, solly as well. Sorry, um, but look, people have written and said there's an uh, who's this Ash? Uh, all you can eat pizza hut still open in Gympie in Queensland, and it's, at the bottom of it says. It's about all there is uh, going in Gimpy, right? I um, hope you're living Gimpy, Ash. Um, otherwise, you're in trouble. Um, someone's written here. St Andrews, St Andrews in Campbelltown, still yeah. dining and all you can eat. A uh, bit of faux hawk chat too. Um, oh, sure. I accuse you of having a faux hawk. Uh, Matt says, Barney, you ever seen the bloke uh, who sometimes fills in for Matt Burke on Ten Sport? He's got a faux hawk and a shark's tooth necklace. <laughs> <laughs> From and that, then, yeah. I, oh, I guarantee yes, you had a shark's tooth no, necklace mate, under no. that polo you wore in the ad. <laughs> no. What can you Google to look at that, the, uh, the listeners? Uh, you know what I did have, though? One of those shark attack T-shirts from the Gold Coast. You know, you could buy those. <laughs> And a, and a pen that if you turned it upside down, the lady's top would come off. You know, remember those? <laughs> yes. Remember those? Remember those? You lent it to me yesterday to make some notes. <laughs> um, now, for some reason, someone decided to text in a random Newcastle fact that has nothing to do with us or Newcastle, really. I suppose it does. It's from um, 449. They've just said, G'day, gents. My cousin or held or still hold the record for the smallest babies born in Newcastle premature. Um, congratulations on that award. That's an yeah. interesting... They were the size of their dad's hands at birth. Um, well, that's good. That's good. I, yeah. Well Hopefully done. they're doing well. Uh, someone says school starts next week, lads. <laughs> Outstanding. Someone, um, someone also wrote oh, they're, in, they're, hi. They're, they're upset about learning, I think, because we're doing a word of the day. We're dropping Newcastle facts. Uh, let's get back, though, to the cricket. Obviously, Australia named their 18-man test squad for the upcoming tour of India. And a reminder, you can catch every test live right across the SEN network. Um, so they've gone with Dave Warner, Usman Khawaja, Manus Labashane, Steve Smith, Travis Head, Cameron Green. They should be likely uh, the batsmen selected if 
fit. Uh, Matt Renshaw is also in there. Alex Carey, uh, he's backed up by Peter Hanscom, who can also slot into the batting lineup if required. Four spinners, Nathan Lyon, uh, obviously uh, first pick there. Todd Murphy, Mitch Swepson, Ashton Agar, um, and then uh, the pace uh, the pace firm, let's call them. Pat Carmens, Josh Hazelwood, Mitch Stark, Scotty Boland, uh, a little bit of a uh, an SEN favourite. And uh, Lance Morris has been named as well. Uh, just a reminder, Mitch Stark's going to join the team after the first test, so he might have to... Uh, we probably will be talking about, oh, who who has, does Scotty Boland have to give up his spot for Mitch Stark? So the, plenty to look forward to to chat about uh, coming up. Nine of the 18 featured in the 2017 Tour of India. Now, on their opponents, they are currently playing... Uh, in uh, some one-dayers against Sri Lanka. Uh, India won the first one-dayer overnight, one by uh, 67 runs, seven for 373. That's not a bad 50-over score. <laughs> decent, decent. I, I mean, they're playing in Sri Lanka. I, I don't know how big the ovals are. Um, certainly, um, they had no trouble finding the boundary. And Virat Kohli, one of those, uh, hitting 113 off 87, bringing up his 45th ODI century. Goes all right, doesn't he? He's yeah, he's not bad. That bloke. Um, <laughs> you know what? I reckon he's going to be all right as yeah. a cricketer. Uh, I don't want to. I don't want to go too far and say, it, but I reckon he's pretty good. Um, openers: Rohit Sharma uh, made eighty-three, and Shubman Gill seventy. So they uh, they were cruising through that whole innings. Um, interestingly, though, uh, one little uh, thing that came out of it in the at the end of the um, uh, Sri Lankan innings, Sri Lanka. I think they needed seventy odd uh, off the last couple of balls. And um, <laughs> 70 off the last few balls. Yeah, it was, they, they were winning. Still gettable on that ground though. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> uh, Mohamed Shami was bowling and uh, the Sri Lankan, uh, the Sri Lankan captain, um, uh, uh, Shanaka was, um, was batting. He was on 98 when pace bowler um, Mohamed Shami ran out uh Went the man cad. Oh no! Off uh, over the non-striker at the uh, at the end. So it's final over. There's really nothing at stake. Um, he's gone the man cad, um, and uh, Rohit Sharma, um, being the good bloke that he is, just uh, withdrew the appeal and said, "No, no, no, we don't need to get Did him he? like that." Yeah, yeah, he was, which is nice, especially when there's really nothing at stake in the last over. Yeah. Um, Did he call him Adam Zampa? Like, did he <laughs> give him a bit of Zampa? Oh, good no, one, Zampa. Better than Zamps because he didn't put his uh, didn't put his arm through oh, the sure. through the vertical. Yeah. He, he did it properly, so it would it would have been out had the appeal not been withdrawn. Um, but uh, I don't know. I, I, it was actually when you watch the footage, it's actually all pretty um, pretty jovial. Now I'm I. On man cads, I'm like I to a degree think okay if if a guy's taking the piss, mm. if you would when he's uh, backing up, if he's leaving his crease by a lot, you know what? Warning, then fair play, it's on. Then hit him with the bat. Yeah, no, <laughs> you, you haven't got oh, the bat. Oh. Oh, <laughs> hit the yes. batter. So oh, try the ball. This, is, yeah, right. this <laughs> is something you would be a big a bad backer upper too. I reckon. The way, I've seen the way you <laughs> run the run out, chat. Oh, the run out. Wow. This, mate, he you should have seen him toasting oh, blokes in the last yeah, game we yeah. played. Oh, yeah. Absolutely, the barbecue king, Steve. <laughs> That's a, you know what it was? You know what it was? Barbecues galore should sponsor his batting yeah. because it was unbelievable. He's bats like an indoor cricketer, like tip and run. Anyway. Um, I'm not allowed to defend myself here. <laughs> no, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> run out of time. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Oh, we've got to get to the news, Philby. Um, no, but the other thing was with this footage, when you watch the footage, he's actually not backing out by much. Backing up by much. 
It's not like he's, you know, there's there's some blokes where you go, you know what, this guy's, he, he's really taking the piss. He deserves it. This bloke was, you know, just sort of just marginally out of his crease because he thought, um, you know, that, that he was going through with his bowling action. So maybe there was, a, maybe they were just mucking around a little bit for, for I don't know, you know. Yeah, it all, it all seemed pretty, um, pretty good. A pretty, pretty like was no uh, jovial. You know yeah. what I mean? There wasn't really, a, there wasn't any tension in there. Well, by your accounts, Barney, they needed seventy off a couple of overs. <laughs> You'd want to be at the other end by the time the balls <laughs> being yeah. bowled. This to place chase going, that you know, sort of I reckon, number. I reckon, I know it's a small field, but yeah. I reckon if I time, like you know, just take the pace off it. The guys in the deep, I reckon we can run thirty-five <laughs> this ball, thirty-five yeah. the next ball. We're couple on. of sevens, we're back into it. I've got yeah. a serious question about the cricket in India because mm. I'm really looking forward to it. What time can is it going to be TV friendly for yeah. us? Yeah. Like, It'll be SEN friendly, mate. Oh, You'll be yeah, able to okay. listen on your uh, drive home on the run home. Yeah, if you yes. were, you'll be able to listen, tune in. Uh, our our coverage is second to none, I, I say, because um, I work here. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Actually, speaking of Indian cricket, you know what happened on this day uh, in 1959. This is, uh, I, I, you know, I like to be a bit Julian King. You know, he's good with the history <laughs> yeah. fact. Yeah. Um, Pakistani batsman. Hanif Muhammad smashed at the time. It was a record in first-class cricket. He was playing for Karachi against Bahawalpa. Oh, yeah. I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly, unfortunately. Apologies for that. Bahawalpa. Uh, he, he made 499. What? He set the record for the largest first-class score at the time. That was uh, taken by well, – he broke um, uh, the record of Sir Donald Bradman. Wow. Uh, and that was only taken over by, I believe, Brian Lara many years later. But not only did he set the record for um, four ninety nine for the highest score, yeah. getting out for four ninety nine, he also um, set the record for the most pissed off bloke to get out in the four hundreds because he, he was that close to getting five hundred. Well, uh, Imagine getting out for four, you, you yeah. know what? He's vulnerable in the four nineties. This bloke. <laughs> well, I heard Pat Cummins called him in. <laughs> yeah, yeah <that's> what... <laughs> probably declared. <laughs> he did. So that'll do, mate. That's, you've had enough. Yes, it stood for just over uh, 35 years. He was quite the cricketer. They, he was the original uh, little master. They, he was considered one of the best batsmen, um, despite the fact he played only a little bit of test cricket. Uh, he um, he actually also held the uh, held the record for a while for the uh, the. He actually still holds the record. If I can bring it, his profile up, uh, holds the record for the longest test innings ever batted, um, which is. Uh, which is, if I can find this, sorry there. Uh, yeah, he not the highest score, but he batted for the longest still uh, to, to this day. Really? Yes, if I can find that, I'll bring it up. Um, but, uh, yeah, quite the um, – Hanif Muhammad, quite the great Pakistani, uh, the batsman. Um, he is uh, he's still holds the, uh, the fourth most runs in an innings by a batting position, batting at number four. Made 337 in a test match. And this, um, is, this just in from Julian King. He was run out. On four ninety nine. Are you serious? Yeah, I think it was by me. This potentially yeah. yeah. Phil. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, imagine if he got man catted. Oh, right. <laughs> now that'd bring this whole chat. To, to be fair, at four ninety nine, I think everyone's happy for a man cat, aren't they? They're just like, right, let's just yeah, get yeah. this bloke. Let's <laughs> get rid of him, mate. His longest individual innings was nine hundred and seventy minutes, which is almost how far over we are for the news. So uh, <laughs> we're going to go to the news, and we're going to be back. We're going to be. Uh, ch- 
chatting all things NFL with the founder of Pro Kick, Nathan Chapman. And welcome back to the Summer Run Home with Philpy and Brooksy. Uh, <laughs> we've lost Barney. I don't know where he's gone. And sorry, and Gibbo, um, brand new show. This is like the third incarnation of this show. It's mm. about Joel and Fletch, Professor and Barney, Philpy and Barney. Now it's Philpy, Brooksy and Gibbo. Uh, on air, boys. How are you today? You good? <laughs> I'm great. Yeah. Thanks, Philby. You guys, this is halfway through the week, Philby. Yeah. This is right in the middle. Wednesday, 4.30. Smack bang. You guys are pretty good combination. Pretty good? That's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you're not cobboing well, me? I said you guys were the first episode. You guys were on par with some of the great debuts <laughs> in the SEN drive slot. Well, but you're doing very well halfway mate, through the week. Still to come, by the way. Um, prank call prank on one call. of uh, SEN's finest here. Uh, unknowingly, I was to be to be certain. I wasn't sure how it would go. This uh, prank call, and when it started, I thought, "Oh, he's onto it." And then very quickly, you'll realise he's certainly not onto it. In fact, he's right in it deep and not happy at all about it. So it's well worth a listen. That's coming up a bit later on. Yeah, don't undersell your skills hey. there, mate. Uh, you are you are very good on these prank calls. Uh, so um, I'm looking forward to listening to that. But right now it's time uh, to chat to, uh, well, our first guest of the afternoon. He's the founder of Pro Kick Australia. He's a former AFL player and uh, a former uh, American football player. Uh, welcome to the show, Nathan Chapman. Nathan, you there, mate? Yeah, gents. How you going? Mate, doing very, very well. Uh, mate, so tell us a little bit about Pro Kick. Um, first, actually, let's start with a bit of your background, mate. You uh, you started, uh, you did eight years in the AFL, mate? Yeah, I uh, sort of dabbled in the AFL for, for a little bit, spent some time at uh, Brisbane and, and Hawthorne, and then um, once, the, uh, once the AFL got sick of me, they kicked me out, so I had to try, take up another sport. And that's where the pro kick and the American stuff came in. So, what what was it uh, about the uh, the American football that uh, drew your interest, mate? Uh, I guess from that um, the punting and kicking position was just a, a real what I felt was a skill set of mine. Of mine, I had a passion for it. Felt like I could kick really well, and it was you know, again once I'd finished uh, the AFL at twenty five years of age, I just needed to sink my teeth into something else, and. Um, yeah, thought maybe golf, thought maybe something, you know, soccer goalie, you name it. And uh, But I could kick a ball, so I went down that track and gave it a boot. So how did, how did you go from, the like, here in Australia, thinking you can go down that track? How, how was that part? How did you get over to the US? Yeah, that was, a, that was a long journey, and I wish I was around when I needed it, if that makes sense. So, um, <laughs> yeah, you needed your own advice. So, Is that why? Yeah, pretty Pretty much, and it was a case of uh, I'd literally trained myself for three years. Didn't know anyone in America. Didn't know what I was doing. I was just kicking a ball, and then uh, you know, a friend of a friend uh, said that someone from America was in town, and they'd gone in touch with an old uh, AFL coach of mine. And I said, "Listen, can I reach out?" And they connected me up, um, and I got to have a kick with uh, one of the, um, I guess, the scouts from the Green Bay Packers. Um, and I just happened to be across there on a, a family trip. Um, they flew me up. It was a 30-hour trip from Australia. Got off the plane, you know, got there at midnight, woke up at 6 o'clock, and they said, kick it from here to here, and, and sort of a few hours later I was signed. So it was quite the whirlwind from going to knowing nobody to literally two weeks later being in America, having a kick and signing a contract. So it was, uh, yeah, it was a bit of a whirlwind. That's See, incredible, isn't it? That's... Yeah, and you did a preseason with the with the Green Bay Packers. That's under coach Mike Shanahan, and Brett Favre was at the, the club at the time, was quarterback at yeah, the time. Yeah, so 
Yeah, so I spent some time, uh, you know, obviously getting to know them guys with the, the training. And it was a bit of a, I guess for me, it was what felt like an awkward time when I got there. I literally got there. I hadn't spent any time with the team and the draft was two weeks away. So they'd had their mindset on drafting somebody. Little did I know that um, they drafted a guy in the third round, which sort of guaranteed him, guaranteed him a million bucks and... Uh, which meant that he was going to play. So, yeah, I just thought, hey, hey, competition's on, let's go. Um, <laughs> and then uh, come game time, it was a case of, you know, in essence, they were just waiting for me to kick a bad one so they could tell me to leave. And uh, and that's what happened. But that's where the journey begins. Knew I loved the sport, had to be involved in it, and just thought, listen, what I'd learned over the, the years trying myself or going about it was like, there's plenty of guys in Australia who can kick a football in all different codes I've got to be involved. I'm going to help. I'm going to teach and I'm going to try and get people across there. And that's where it all began. So uh, I'm probably thankful in the end uh, that that's the way it played out. Mate, just describe to us what it was like. I mean, you've come from Australia, as you said. It happened really quickly. And all of a sudden, you're at the Green Bay Packers in one of the biggest sporting competitions in the world. And you're at training amongst some of these people that you watch. we watch on TV constantly. It must have, you, you must have just had to get your head right to straight away. Mate, crazy experience. Well, it's sort of funny because when I practiced and signed, all of a sudden you, you're in the locker room. I'd, I'd literally had a kick, walked up to in their offices. They said, we're going to have some lunch upstairs. And they brought out the paperwork and said, right, are you here? I'm like, okay. Which meant, you know, full access, right? So I'm in the spa, I'm in the sauna, I'm in the showers. People, <laughs> like, people don't know who you are. And <laughs> walks through. And it's like, I could have been, literally I could have been the janitor walking through. And uh, but it was... As, let's say for the eight months that I was there, it was like, and I'd felt reborn again. I'd played pro sport. There's a real adrenaline buzz with it. I was sort of had to get back to that feeling. So being a part of, of that and feeling like I had a second chance was, uh, it, again, it was a fantastic feeling. I knew, I knew I had to work hard, but again, some of the lessons about learning the, the, the way to navigate through training and you know what to be good at and what to look out for and how to prepare yourself and all that was was a bit of a different system and that's where um, I knew I could help further down the track yeah how how were the your teammates uh when you when you went into the clubhouse like were they were you a novelty this kid from Australia because I mean I mean they'd had Darren Bennett at that stage at the San Diego Chargers yeah. but it wasn't really a yeah. thing I know now there's I think there's 75 Australian guys playing college <laughs> yeah uh well <laughs> well my well there's my introduction, in fact, was, uh, and I got, so I grew up, I technically old school, played footy in the nineties, and I guess things were a little different around football club culture. So, uh, I well, from what I remember, we used to all spar, get in the spar naked, and I thought, okay, cool. So I go to the Green Bay. I've just signed a contract. I'm in the spar. I'm, I'm like, um, super hot. I had to get out. I was like, I was gonna pass out. It was that hot. And then on uh, this iconic Green Bay. Uh, cornerback came in got in i thought i've been here for 12 minutes in the facility i'm literally gonna faint but if i get out now it's not a good look i've got to stay in so i've stayed in the spa i'm like literally gonna pass out i couldn't get any water anyway i'll get out of the spa and i'm thinking nothing of it i'll just i'll just own it right i'm gonna get out and walk around or get me towel no worries two days later we have a big team meeting all of the players come in like that next day and they introduce themselves and they and they literally um, stood me up and said, oh, you know, say your name, where you're from and da-da-da. Hi, I'm Nathan, I'm from Australia. And then the head coach 
sort of got up and said, hey, listen, and Nathan, next time you get in a spa, how about you wear some jocks? Then- <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. So assuming um, one of your um, first messages is, as mm. the head of Pro Kick now is, mate, put your undies on, fellas. Like, get your undies on. <laughs> Well, as far as I know, they then put a sign up in the facility saying, yeah, you must wear your trousers. <laughs> and it's, and it's, it's still there. So, so anyway. yeah, that's, that's good. You've still, you've still made an imprint on that, uh, on that, that franchise. That's, that's great. A lot of blokes, you know, don't make that sort of impact in their NFL career. Yeah. Uh, mate, let, talk to us about the, uh, the guys that are uh, over there now. There were guys in the, the college finals. Um, I know George's Brett Thorson is an Australian, and uh, he went up against uh, Texas Christian's Geordie uh, Sandy uh, in yesterday's championship. Yeah. I, I think Geordie probably had the, probably the less to do uh, out of those two. But um, <laughs> how, how, uh, how many Aussies are over there at the moment, and how many have you been involved with? Yeah, look, we've um, we've been really, um, I guess we've been doing this now 15 years, and it's sort of grown over the over the time. And um, you know, I guess in each three to four years, each player gets replaced once they leave college and they get their degree. So um, this year, this year we've got, I think, the number between, you know, I guess there's a couple of different divisions, but Division One, Division One AA, and Division Two, I think we've got like uh, mid 70s or about 75 players currently on the rosters and. And sort of five in the pros at the moment. So, uh, you know, it's, it's again feel feel really lucky to be able to get up and watch them on TV. Uh, the, you know, a Sunday and a Monday morning, and and a lot of these guys train against each other, and then they go over and play against each other when they go across there. So, you know, Geordie would have just been finishing up his training with us when he went over. Um, he would have you know met Brett, and then all of a sudden, you know, a couple of years later, they're playing against uh, each other in in the championship game so again it's a it was actually a really proud moment to think that you know again we'd had some guys in some some pretty good teams that uh, made it all the way and um and obviously with jesse Merco at ohio state there were three guys in the top four so um we're yeah, again fortunate that uh, we ended up with with one on each team now mate the um you're obviously great at helping australians get over to the nfl and the uh, to america for the college football but what about bringing the nfl to australia um Obviously, off the back of the game in Munich, they reckon they could have sold two, two million tickets to that game. What are the chances we get to see some NFL here in Australia at some stage? Well, I think there's a lot of guys pushing for it, and I think it's a great idea, and putting it at the right place at the right time, I think it would work. Um, we're not going to get the two million people. So, again, if you sort of look at where the NFL is going and you know, selling T-shirts and there's a you know, fan-supported base getting involved and all that type of thing, um, I think though, I'm not saying they under, underestimate how passionate the sports uh, mad we are here in Australia, but I, I think it's sort of, I think it, it's sort of heading in that direction. I'd like to say that you know, one day I know there's now, you know, the Eagles and the and the Rams have sort of set up bases and they've got their location about being able to um, pitch themselves into Australia to get more fan engagement, etc. So I think you know they're exploring that, but I get you know in in some in some parts, the the fans and the population just outweigh, you know, what they think they can get from it um, here. And and I guess it's for them such a long journey. You know, the cost involved, uh, the long journey with the jet lag. It's just you know heading to Europe, and that's actually not too bad of a trip from from New York and all that. So I, I think it's. I reckon it'll get here. I just just 
just down here quickly. But I'll, I'm all for it. You, you put that letter to sign, I'll sign it tomorrow. Hey, mate, for now, we'll just have to be uh, content to watch our Aussies going around in the NFL. This week, we've got two more Aussies facing off uh, Michael Dixon and Mitch Wishnowski in the Seahawks Niners. So, uh, mate, you thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, listeners can follow Pro Kick Australia on Twitter and Instagram or their website, ProKickAustralia.com. Nathan, thanks very much for joining us, mate, and enjoy the rest yeah. of the NFL season, mate. I enjoy. Thanks. Appreciate chat. Cheers, mate. Oh, Nathan uh, Chapman there from Pro Kick. Um, so if you're a uh, if you fancy yourself a punter, uh, and I know you do, <laughs> a different kind, no, <laughs> different yeah. kind of punter. Uh, follow that. After the break, we're going to air our prank uh, with one of Sen's favourite sons. Uh, you're listening to the Summer Run Home on Sen. Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel, in stock now. Rotoflex by Blunston. Stability meets the freedom to move. Welcome back to the Summer Run Home on SEN. So here's the deal. James Magnuson tried to get Stephen O'Keefe for a radio interview direct through a WhatsApp group, not through a media manager. I decided to call as an angry media manager. Here's the prank. Hello? Hello, is that James? It is. G'day, mate. It's Gary Perkins here. I'm media executive for Cricket New South Wales. Um, we oversee uh, both the Sixers and the Thunders. Uh, how are you going today? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. Um, we've just got a little bit of an issue that uh, has been brought to my attention through um, one of our uh, players, Stephen O'Keefe. Um, yeah. Who I believe you work with at SEN. Is that correct? Yeah. So I'm not sure if you know what happens when you do um, media um, you're doing a bit of a request for an interview. And I, I actually got the, the wording in front of me here, so I can, I can read it to you really quickly. It says, all players' uh, media requests must, this is in capitals and underline, go through the media managers. Um, it's been brought to our attention that you have sort of in a WhatsApp group have requested that uh, Stephen go on an interview and basically ignore all of our protocols. Um, is this... Correct? Well, uh, where are you going with this? I don't know where you're going with it. I'm just mates with Sock and said, hey, you want to have a chat? Yeah, no, no, completely understand. Um, we, just that we have protocols in place. Um, and Yeah, yeah. Like, I'm, not, I'm not a producer. I'm not in that game at all. I'm just like the, the host on the show and just said, hey, bro, you want to have a chat? That's okay. I yeah, actually had... I, I, don't I, have, I don't have anything in front of me talking about protocols or anything like that, so I'm not 100% sure where you're coming from. That's okay. I'd appreciate it if you could let me finish as well because um, you sort of just kept talking over the top of me. Um, we just take these things fairly seriously. and I'm just about to call Jeremy from SEN. And um, the thing is, SEN have had a couple of strikes on them already in terms of this sort of thing happening um, back and forth. And it's just proper protocol if we're contacted previously. And to be all honest, it's not me who's raised this issue. It's actually Stephen um, who felt a little bit uncomfortable by it. Um, so Sweet. I'll, just, I'll just message him and say, don't worry about it. Don't come on. Oh, well, no, don't message him because that's where you went wrong in the first place. Um, and Jimmy Smith has done it as well. Um, what do you, do you want to say sorry? Excuse you? Did you not hear me correctly? Do I want to say sorry? Yeah. Cause I'm not sure if you understand how professional sport works. Um, James, but... Uh, you, you don't know if, if I know how professional sport works. Yeah, I, I, I'm sorry. I'm not familiar with... Uh, did you ever do anything in the sporting? 
All good, mate. Look, um, if if you want, you can you can Google it, but that's fine. Um, I, I, Go- I Google. Really... Sorry, what was your surname? Magnuson. How do I spell that? M A G N U S S E N. E. Sorry, just bring it up now. Oh, it says here you're on the Sunday Sunday Crunch with Philby and <laughs> one point. <laughs> Maggie. <laughs> You there, James? Missile. Yeah. It's Phil, Philby and Barney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, you got me a ripper. Mate, I just go- so pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, I just googled you. You've done some stuff. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, I was about to hang up on you. Oh, <laughs> oh man, that was an absolute cracker. Well done. Filpy, that was fantastic. You're on the summer run home. We're getting out where we'll be back with the next hour with Ron Griffiths.